The Midwest Film Nerds Podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm William. And I'm Nicholas. Today, and I'm also Alexander. What? <laughs> you did not get the memo, huh? <laughs> today, we, uh, we Punked. didn't... We didn't do our homework, so we're basically just going to, you know, talk about random stuff about movies for, you know, 15 minutes until I decided that, that was a terrible idea, and then we're going to get right into a full review of Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Yes, we are. Uh, so, because, you know, we're like, hey, we want to bring more people to this show, so why not lower the quality of it? No, the quality's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I don't, I, and we'll find out. You're we'll find so out. pessimistic right now, you I know don't what? like it. You guys be the judge. Write into us <laughs> at feedback at midwestfilmnerds.com. Let us know how terribly or how well this goes. You can also write, rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Windows, whatever it's called. Because nobody has that, so don't worry about it. And then, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter at MFN Podcast and um, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook. Yes. Sound good? All of those things. I want to keep talking about the Divergent debate. Yeah, okay. let's, let's talk so, some Divergent real quick. All right, all right, all right. Uh, my, my friend wrote in to me and said that uh, she wanted us to do a podcast on how horrible Divergent was. Well, I don't think any of us have seen Divergent. No, yeah, I... I can't. I haven't watched a single trailer. So Does anyone read the books? Anyone here n- at all? No. Okay. Um, a Y chromosome and being over the age of sixteen for pretty yeah, much rules yeah. that out of. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. I, yeah, maybe you're probably right. Of being something I would immediately go for. Right. Yeah. It's not like a go-to. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. It's definitely one of those things where I think you'd have to have a word word of mouth from somebody you trust. Like, you know what? It's actually a pretty sweet book. Yeah. You should check it out. Yeah. Um, that being said, <laughs> the the everything I saw from it, like all the trailers and TV spots, that they were. Shoving in my face yeah. for like a month. Like I haven't seen a shred of marketing. For I should it. I should note that my friend who wrote in is a is a big fan of the books. Okay. So, and we have another friend who's also a big fan of the books, and she liked it up until the ending. Yes, which I think is also how my my friend felt about it. But the ending for her ruined the whole damn to... thing. Yeah, and the and our other friend didn't mind so much. Yes. It's uh, it looks so <clears throat> incredibly like bland and lifeless and just. Totally trying to be every other young adult adaptation to me. It felt like the type of movie that's released on the on the downslope of a big trend. Yes. Like when you've got like <laughs> you know, a trend ramping up and you've got the really good movies that start it, and then you've got the ones at the the apex that like capitalize and they yes. really get it, and then it's the roller coaster is descending and We're this is one of those ones that's Aragon like Aragon of the Harry Potter yes. Narnia, uh, Good. You know, well yes. done. That's the, really the children's funny. fantasy rebirth. That's funny because I see Harry Potter as the start. Like I think this is still carrying over. So yeah, for me, this is just my the opinion. The start of YA movies, you know? Yes, YA. YA. It's, it started really it started with this type of young adult movie with the, you know, very very focused on the love aspect which is in some sort of sci-fi, fantastical, but pretty much just Throwing a, love a little triangle. bit of dystopia. Yeah, a little bit of there, a little bit of that there. Like it started with Twilight to me, and Hunger Games is the next one to just take the ball and run with it. And now they're trying to find that next one that's going to go, like that's going to pick it up after Hunger Games is done. And I think they were hoping Divergent was going to be the next big thing. Well, um, it made fifty-four point six million at the box office, so. so maybe it will be. I don't it know. Could be. Um, that was open weekend. Yeah, they're already working on. Um, it's not a working, ton, though. They're already working on the sequel, too. I mean, it's obviously a lot of money, but it's not the, yeah. the numbers that you'd think they would want to hit. Sure. That's true. Because what, well, what did that Mortal Instruments one do? Because oh, that one kind of squeaked out like a fart budget, in a glove. Budget was $85 million. Okay, so they got um, a little ways to go to be... They'll be okay. They're going to make their money yeah. back in DVDs. Yeah, that's they'll, true. They'll be totally fine. They've made their money back, for sure. The movie is like two hours and 20 minutes long, for real? Jeez. Yeah, no, that's long. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I'm kind of I like. Uh, for me, the young adult uh, movies that become hugely, hugely popular, like like The Hunger Games is right now. Um, I, I, I they don't bug me honestly because I just I can I can ignore them so easily that yeah. you know what I mean. If I choose to, I, I liked the second Hunger Games movie, so I'm okay with seeing totally. more of those yeah. because I think the quality had been elevated from the first movie enough for to, to warrant me. I understand the popularity of it now. I get it. Thank you, Francis Lawrence. Um, yeah, thank you, director of Constantine. Yes. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't... A lot of these movies... I've seen a few of them. I've seen uh, Beautiful Creatures was another one I think oh, they wanted God. to be the next big thing. And 
I am number four. I am number four. Yeah. Exactly. Like basically anything with pet fur in it. Um, <laughs> that looks it just, it wasn't uh, like most of those well, are just, they feel so generic and MTV and just, I don't know. They just don't seem. The Mortal Instruments had a budget of 60 million. It had an opening weekend of 9 million and a gross of 31. <laughs> That's just in the United States. Right. Let me see if we've got, I don't know why I'm not on box office mojo, but, um, but it certainly didn't do. It didn't do what they wanted it to do. Right. That's for sure. Exactly. Maybe it didn't even see a, an international. And that's but, a that's a book series that's been around for a long time, I think, hasn't it? The Mortal Instruments has been around since I was like in high school. I'm pretty sure. I've got no idea. I don't think it's anything new. Um, I remember seeing those back then. Um, but they've got more coming out. You know, Maze Runners, another one that's like the Maze Runners coming. That's that's coming out. Um, I think they tried to tap into it with Ender's Game, even though Ender's Game is a very different. Type of, but I think that kind of tried to tap into what's going yeah. on right now Interesting. with these YA um, book adaptations. Yeah, we yeah. can we could talk about whether or not YA books have <laughs> declined since Ender's Game, but I don't I don't necessarily I, I don't know I don't read enough. <clears throat> of no, them, I but. mean I don't know the the weird thing about Divergent and uh, the other one Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. <laughs> Alex. The weird thing about these is that I think they're both post-apocalyptic. Like, yeah, they're 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 somewhat they're 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 in similar vein, but there's a lot of different mechanics in sure. Divergent sure. as far as thematically they're similar, though I think. Yeah, and so it's kind of like if you move from Harry Potter to Twilight. There's somewhat of a crossover there from Twilight to Hunger Games. There's somewhat sure. of a crossover there yeah. from Hunger Games to. They bleed into one another. Yeah, they, they yeah. Kind of, you can see the, the different threads. And that's, you know, the great Stephen King quote of the great thing, the difference between Harry Potter and and Twilight is, I don't remember, but it's really good. Go <laughs> look up this quote. Oh, it's hilarious. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. It's like they're, they're obviously all these are getting thrown at the wall. It's a lot like what we saw with comic book movies. <clears> and <throat> we're still riding on those quite a bit. Yeah, well, my I just want to say my biggest problem with with my exposure, so, like I don't have a ton of exposure. I read the first Hunger Games book. I've seen the first two movies. I saw the first Twilight movie because okay. my mom likes vampires and she wanted to watch it. Um, she didn't like it. Um, neither did I. It's but anyway, there aren't any vampires in that movie? Not really. No, they're sparkly guys. Um, I think the problem with these books for me is that there's no the characters aren't characters. Like besides some of the supporting characters, well, yeah. the, the the main protagonists, so like Katniss or. Peta or uh, Edward or, or whatever uh, Bell or whatever the hell her Bella. name is, um, they're so they're, they're blank slates. Yeah. There's nothing interesting about them, and and it really it's very smart because here's a high school age girl that it's picks up her first Twilight it's, book yeah. and goes, I could be this girl because you can project all of your interests and all of your characteristics onto this character because they're just they're they're a blank slate. Yeah, and but it doesn't make for the, I don't think the Twilight books are going to be fondly remembered 20 years from now. I don't. I think it, no one's going to even talk about them 20 years from now. It's not even going to be brought up. I honestly I, don't think so. Maybe as a cultural, like... Touchstone? Yeah, but yeah. that's the extent of it. No one's going to say, man, those books... embarrassing thing, like tie-dye and disco dancing. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. And if not, There's it's just... There's nothing disco dance. about disco that is embarrassing. <laughs> no one's going to remember the characters. Disco is not dead! <laughs> disco is life! Um, but I don't done. know. I, I, it's it's a weird it's an interesting trend that's going on right now I think with these and it's the next evolution out of that like I said the Aragon thing where where it was the young fantasy books the children's fantasy books now it's young dystopia now it's young uh, brooding teenager dystopian future books so I don't know we'll with, see what uh, happens with, with it. love triangles I don't know if there's a love triangle in Divergent or not no, I'm sure there is <laughs> if there's not in the first one there will be in the second one Th- that's another thing is all these movies have a love triangle yeah and and i'm well, sorry but just switching the sexes is not enough to make me interested it's not <laughs> well they didn't even switch the sexes for like divergent and hunger games see so there you or go. or twilight <laughs> never mind anyway. see and that's the that's the other thing is, is <clears throat> you give like the the audience i would say primarily i don't feel like i'm being fair here is teenage girls for these types of books so what do you do you give them the best of both worlds you give them the bad boy from the wrong side of the tracks so they can't bring home to mom and dad but they want to have sex in the barn with and then you give them the good guy clean cut who mom and dad love and adore but maybe he's just not rough and tumble enough for her it's so stupid <laughs> life isn't that easy girls go out there and like figure it out this ain't gonna help you i don't know no. whatever anyway i'm done no. but let's talk about something else 
since this is we're random right now, right? We yeah, can just talk absolutely. about anything this we want. Free for all. Try to make it somewhat apply to movies if you can. Okay, well, um, this doesn't, but I've been watching a lot of uh, wrestling lately. <laughs> And uh, professional wrestling, if you, I'm sure we have some fans out there. And Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Anybody know Razor Ramon? Great guy. Of course. Nope. He's going to be in the in the Wrestling Hall of Fame this year. I just wanted to say That's that. That's fantastic. Very happy for him. He kicked the drugs. He got clean, and he's going to be honored at the wrestling ceremony. Good there's, to hear. There's a great yeah. mini. Here we go. Here we go. There's a great mini documentary on him that's Beautiful. floating around on YouTube. How long is it? Like 15 minutes? Yeah. It's, 11 it's, minutes? It's one of the uh, – I believe it's ES, – no, it's Fox Sports, isn't it? It's, it's cool because it, it kind of gives you like the oh, oh the wrestler isn't that far removed from reality. Well, I think they call it like the real story of the wrestler, like, like the like real that. wrestler or something. Mm. Because the movie The Wrestler is excellent, first of all, and you should see <clears> it yeah. if you haven't. Um, but he Scott Hall is that guy. He's totally like like he's that character. And oh, it's, yeah. It was very interesting. I didn't realize that as a fan growing up of this stuff. Yeah, you know, I never realized Behind how far he had right. And then you, I saw the movie The Wrestler, and I was like, wow, it was really cool to see like the what it would be like for these guys. And then to see him in that shape was pretty sad. But I'm happy for him. Anyway, I just want to throw it out there. They should they should do a uh, behind the music for wrestlers. It would be cool. Like, I wouldn't it, watch it, but there are people that would. It's an, well, I think it's I think an you interesting. Might watch it. You never know. Man, if I was going to watch anything that had to do with wrestling, that would probably if, be if it was if it was done well, which you know it would be it would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would. I mean, I, I find myself watching a lot of. I mean, it's a it's a career that's like pretty analogous to like even celebrities like a-list yeah. actors like yeah. you, you almost age out of your profession and then what do you do yeah totally so the problem is <clears throat> some of these guys you know they can barely move yeah it's, their it's like, it's like been... any any professional athlete really it's interesting mm-hmm. i think it, it's a very interesting thing it's, the, it's where like movies and like football meet <laughs> like they, their bodies are busted but they also have this weird persona they have to try to keep up it's yeah it's a weird it's mixture weird. of like live fe- live theater and like, yeah, 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 it's absolutely. very wrestling is a really weird thing. But I, I don't know. I've been is it the nexus a lot of, of all um, entertainment? Is yeah, everything, everything converge on wrestling? Yeah, they're rock stars and <laughs> yeah, and actors and everything. No, but no, I, I've been watching a lot of. Uh, I mean, and they are films. I've been watching a lot of the uh, documentaries about different wrestlers or different organizations that were involved in wrestling. There's a lot on Netflix, and they're a lot of fun to watch. Even if you don't have an interest in wrestling, which I really don't anymore. Uh, it's WrestleMania season, so I'm watching it a lot. But um, it's interesting to see, like, the politics. Yeah, I have no interest in cricket, but I'm watching the Christ out of it right now, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you. But it's interesting to see the politics of, like, yeah. like how that works, you know? I don't know. It's, no, I, 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 yeah. I, there was, um, on the CADcast this past week from CheapAssGamer.com, CheapED was talking about some documentary. Oh, he was talking about the Dota documentary. Okay. Uh, Defense of the Ancients video game that you can play if you're crazy free to play i don't know sure there's a movie called free to play and i think you can watch it on steam if you download the steam client apparently it's just like a documentary that valve funded about playing dota and people who play dota and the sport of dota and cheapy was like i have no interest in dota at all but I watched the crap out of that movie yeah i don't want to play it no yeah but it's still it still would be very interesting to 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 you know I feel like, like if, the, uh, if the quality of, of the of the documentary or whatever is is good. good is solid enough that even if I'm not even if I have no interest like I'll I would fast forward through matches I would don't want to watch wrestling matches but yeah. I'll want to watch like I want to know about their story I want to know what led them to become a wrestler like how does that happen like yeah. it's pretty interesting I don't know Nick I'm sorry I oh that's fine okay I would just doesn't matter just raise your own <laughs> okay all right uh, we can we can shoot through some some. We've got Sin, like Sin City two, too little, too late. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Three hundred. <laughs> now we're gonna. We're, there's no agenda here for the next four minutes. Okay. We're, we're I was gonna through. say we should do a minute on like a bunch of trailers that have come Ooh, out. Ooh, yeah. I like oh that. well, there we go. Sin City two, too little, too, little, too late. late. Am I right? Yeah, totally. There you go. All right, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Um, awesome. Super, super, super interesting trailer. Really weird, but in a good way. Hooked all the people I didn't think it was gonna hook. Yeah. Were they hooked like, on a feeling? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. <laughs> all right, Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man two. Which trailer? The, the, the one that just been nine of them. Um, it's I, I still have some fears about overcrowding, certainly, but I will tell you the action is going to be some amazing. Oh goodness, some amazing <laughs> stuff. No, it really is because it's. I, I'm glad we're seeing Spider-Man be more aerial because yeah. we haven't seen a ton of that so far. So it's very cool to see him fight, like really use the webs in interesting ways and stuff. And I think that's really going to be the breakout of this movie is just the action scenes. Oh, I think it's poised to have the best superhero movie action we've ever seen. It could. And Mark Webb knows how to make Spider-Man look like Spider-Man. Like yeah. in that one trailer, there's more like iconic, I think, Spider-Man, Shots. Spider-Man-y moments yeah. than there were in probably all of Raimi's trilogy combined. Yeah. It's not to say that movie had or those movies had bad action, but this just looks so. 
comic book either. There's a awesome. fluidity to Spider-Man's movements, even in the comics, where artists would draw him uh, like a cityscape, and then they would draw him kind of faded out in different spots along that cityscape, so you could see yeah, the way he yeah. moved. And it really gave you that feeling of like how that character... Motion, yeah. Exactly. And they, they've totally captured that on screen. <laughs> so, if nothing else, that gets me psyched. That's oh, cool. me too. Absolutely. Any comment on Mark Webb's comment of rhinos in the movie for four minutes? Um, I don't I, think anyone's surprised. Really. I, I didn't think he was going to be a main. I, I don't know. We'll see. I, it's totally. I have to see it in context. Do you even. think it's going to be like? A, I think Rhino. This is beginning scene fight, and he's no, gone. I think Rhino. I think by saying that he means the Rhino itself. I think the Paul Giamatti character is going to be in the movie. Giamatti. <laughs> uh, Giamatti. He's going to be in the movie because we see there are plenty of shots with him not in the suit. So okay. I presume <laughs> at the beginning he's like a two bit, and then by like the third act he gets some funding. There's, there's kind of a – they're building up this the, the Oscorp conspiracy theme big time. Yeah. So I think that we're going to have in, – in Amazing Spider-Man 3 yeah. and potentially 4, I mean, Sinister 6 is going to happen. And they're, yeah. Well, they've already said it's got to yeah. I get the it's, But the tra- after watching the trailer, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Coming. No, I think he's going to be a patsy. I think he's going to be kind of like uh, basically a distraction. <laughs> like that's that's kind of my vibe. If he's there for four minutes, he'll be used as a he'll be part. I think of, he's the he'll muscle be getting his yeah. He'll be getting his strings pulled by somebody else. Clearly, he's but, the. Do you save the cable car full of people or the or the Gwen Stacy? Do you, do you say, hey, Rhino is running <laughs> through all these buildings. Do you stop him? How can you stop him? Yeah. Or like it's it looks okay. cool. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Uh, Days of Future Past trailer just came out. Oh boy, um, I'm happy one actually came out. That's good. Because it was like, for, I felt like forever since the teaser trailer came out. I mean, um, there was one full trailer already. Was there? Yeah. yeah. This is I the second so. full trailer. Oh, wow. I missed that. So I apologize, Brian Singer. Um, <laughs> no, it looks interesting. He doesn't I, need your apology. I, I don't know. It's uh, Just tweet out some more pictures. I don't. I feel like I know a little bit more about the, the how the movie works, certainly, in terms okay. of the timelines and stuff. But I, I, it's another one where like I'm... I'm very cautiously optimistic. I don't think any, anything's going to make me not cautiously. You know what I mean? I'm just kind of still where I'm at yeah. with that one. So. Did you watch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I said to you guys, this every piece of marketing that comes out for this movie, it's like a pendulum. It seems yeah. to be one way or the other. Like, the last row of stuff, I'm just like, nah, I'm not very excited for it now. And then the trailer comes out, and I'm like, ooh. Like, it's cool seeing... Because if there's one thing that Brian Singer, I think, got for the most part in the first two X-Men, it's how to make the powers look cool yeah, and how mm-hmm. to utilize their powers. And to see 2014-level special effects with X-Men powers is cool. Like, there are some awesome shots in the trailer of some of the X-Men using their powers. That, that will probably be the only shot of them in the movie doing it, which is the biggest drag. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little yeah, more excited I, for it now. I don't expect it to be amazing, but I, I, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm kind of curious to see. I, I, that's my one concern is I'm worried that we're going to – I don't – you know, I, I've heard some things about – I don't remember if Singer said something about Quicksilver and how he's only in one action scene or whatever. And that's fine. Like I, I don't need Quicksilver to be a main character in this movie by any means. There's a lot of mutants to deal with. But I, I hope that – I hope that it's not going to wind up being the Wolverine show, you know, and, and yeah. where, where, yeah, where so many yeah. characters that have such potential as characters wind up just being there for set pieces. That's my concern right now. Um, and that includes returning characters even, you know, I don't want to see, uh, I like Colossus and, and Colossus really hasn't been used that much so far. And I'd like to yeah. see him be some, I want to see him be more important than just, Hey, watch how cool it is when he punches a Sentinel. There you is know? a, there is a s- so. so sweet shot of him in the trailer. There's a very cool shot of him. In the but trailer. I'm, I'm willing to bet everything you just said is exactly what's going to happen. Well, Probably. It's, just, I, it's weird. I would hope. I would hope that Brian Singer's like, oh, we have a successful or a somewhat successful platform for Wolverine to have his own movies. Maybe we can focus on the team now more, especially since First Class did that. However, yeah. you don't pick Days of Future Past if you don't if you want to downplay Wolverine. Yeah, it's a weird. We'll see. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I we'll see. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what um, else to say about it. Next trailer. Ooh, Planet of the Apes. Can we talk Planet of the Apes? Sure. Holy moly. Wow, good God, that looks awesome. That teaser trailer was so sweet. Oh, yeah. oh, it yeah. sets all, like, I love that this movie feels totally, completely different from the first one, mm-hmm. but still forward, like, carries mm-hmm. forward the story. From, like, mm-hmm. I didn't even know what I was watching a trailer for at first. I'm like, ooh, yeah. this looks cool. And then I, like, I saw uh, Oldman, I forgot Oldman was in it, and I'm like, what is this? Like, is this, like... I don't know what's going on, and then and then I saw Jason Clark, and I knew that it was. But it, oh wow, goodness gracious, oh, yeah. that's a cool trailer. Any yeah. thoughts, real quick? All the same. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it looks. I, I'm so excited for it. Ugh. Hercules. 
Oh god. I didn't see it. It's so goofy. <laughs> Is it Does goofy it look good? like fun? No. Just for the rock. Yeah, but yeah. even then it's not it's not exciting cuz I mean, I I used to dig mythology a lot when I was younger, so maybe that's part of it that I wanted see it elevated to something a little bit more. But it doesn't what even look particularly about fun. Crash of the Titans. Like the the uh the trailer for that was better. Uh <laughs> The font that they've chosen, like the Hercules font, is hysterical. <laughs> it's like have you this. have to see it. That just the end of the trailer. It's so nineties. Somebody, somebody somewhere commented on it. It was the perfect comment. They said, "Why did they use the font from?" Oh God, it was something so 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 nineties. It was it was it was so hysterical. Uh, yeah, it's, that's amazing. I mean, it's it looks like they're showing like. Someone described the trailer as Hercules. Yeah, it's, look at that. It's Beast Wars. Yes! <laughs> that's not what they said, but that's what it is, totally. Yeah. You should just watch it because you won't care. But it's um, it shows Hercules fighting a lot of animals. Like okay. Someone described it as, this movie is Hercules versus animals. Because you see him fight a giant lion and a giant boar and a that's dragon. Awesome. And you just see him fight a lot of beasts, which could be fun. Yeah, It's just yeah. The Rock But The Rock animals. doesn't translate to period well for me. Like somebody, somebody else commented. He's a, he's a bit too big for that. Like in he's not in a physical sense, but like yeah, true. And his face sense. is just so like it's, it's the Rock with yeah. a beard and a wig. Totally. Yeah, there's something about the Rock that when, you, when you see everything. him, you just, you just think about like you just think about like the kind of the suaveness of the Rock and yeah. like kind of the charisma. And totally. it, Hercules is not a charismatic character to me. No, like, he's he kind should of be a, some rugged, beat down asshole. I feel like, especially with the way the route the story looks like it's going. Mm-hmm. So. I I wouldn't get your hopes up for it. Not that they <laughs> no, were, because nope. I, I think this might be the end for Ratner. I don't know no, why. I don't know, <laughs> know why he got the game. Well, if, he if, got if, that tower heist money. If Paul Widescreen is still making movies, Ratner's probably still making true. movies. Unfortunately, if Len Wiseman is still making movies, but Ratner's still going to make movies. Yeah. But the only movie Ratner's made since X Men is the Tower Heist. That's true. He's made one movie then, in the last eight years. You know what comes after this? Rush Hour Four. <laughs> He's got to have that resurgence. I don't know. It just, and I'm not going to say it's a resurgence, but well, well, Jackie Chan and Chris Chris Tucker will get asses in seats. Yeah, probably. It, they may not be ours. I would probably go see it. I haven't seen the third one, though. <laughs> I haven't seen so two or three. Uh, all right. one of them Donnie Yen That train it, has awesome. sailed. All right. Uh, on to our full review of Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel. I hope you guys enjoyed that segment. I think I had fun with it. It was fun. I think I'll. I think we can bring back the trailer ticker, as I just called it, mm. right now. <laughs> Coined. I'm gonna mail this to myself. Got it trademarked. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought that was good. Even though I didn't, I haven't seen them. I can still hear what you guys think and bounce some things of what I've heard. About yeah, it had to be kind of nice for you, actually. You're like, oh, okay, that makes me happy. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah. I, I remember reading. Uh, Davindra from Slash Filmcast said something about the X-Men trailer. He's like, I'm glad that, that that people are somewhat happier with this one, even though I kind of like the first one anyway. Mm, yeah. So I liked them both. The yeah. first one had more emotional resonance, for sure. Yeah. The second one was a little more action-y. Yeah, for The sure. first one, I was like, woo. I could, was, I could was tell deep. from like what yeah. I had barely heard from the first one that it seemed to be pretty heavy. But. Yeah. I will say I want to give MVP of that uh, that session there to Nick for totally swinging that into the wrestler mode there. That was good. <laughs> I could have yeah, derailed the hell out of that, that conversation, oh, oh. and you pulled you. it all back together. I could have Thank started you. talking about like Ground Zeroes or something, and <laughs> this is a movie podcast. <laughs> yeah, if, you're, if you're listening, I want, to, I want you to give a golf clap cinematic. for Nick right now. Yeah, a golf yeah, clap, yeah. Yes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Ground Zeroes is about the length of a movie. I mean, more anyway. uh, more off track from that. I had a friend post on Facebook the other day, literally like two days ago, and say he can't walk by a meat slicer to deli without thinking of Randy the Ram Robinson. That's amazing. <laughs> no, I laughed. I was like, yeah, totally. So I could have taken it that way, but instead... (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All right, on to our full review of Wes Anderson's The Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Starring Ray Fiennes, F. Murray Abraham, Matthew Almerich, a billion people. There's so many people in this movie. It's awesome. Uh, I don't want to go over any of the people who I kind of consider cameos, even though Mm. they're not cameos because they're on the poster. But um, In case uh, you don't see the poster. Yeah, like me. I didn't look at it too hard. Anyway, The Adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at a famous European hotel between wars, and Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. Pretty good. good. Um, Willie, Wes Anderson, how do you feel about him? Um, I like Wes Anderson. Um, I feel like I feel about Wes Anderson how I used to feel about Tim Burton back when he had that really signature visual style. And like, even if I didn't like the movie necessarily, I appreciated that it felt truly Tim Burton. And yeah. then things kind of got 
crazy for him. But um, but I mean, back in the day, Beetlejuice and Batman and Pee Wee and all like, those hands. God, those were just Absolutely. great, such cool visual, so unique at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, to see them through his lens, and like Wes Anderson's the same way. I mean, as soon as you see the font. In this movie, you know it's a Wes Anderson yeah. movie. That's how like ingrained he's become. I feel like to anybody who's seen his movies. Um, but I typically enjoy his films. I haven't seen all of them. I've probably not seen a couple that you guys would scoff at me for. So I'm not even like, say like which um, earlier ones. Have you seen The Life Aquatic? Yes, that's I all have. that matters. That's my favorite, actually. Um, spoiler alert: This one's not my favorite. But no, um, I haven't seen Rushmore. In, uh, like, ages. Um, uh, fair enough. But anyway, no, um, I, I enjoy him quite a bit. And okay. I think that he, he kind of be- goes – anywhere in my mind, he goes from, like, just a cool movie to, like, oh, my God, that was incredible. So Yeah. All right. Nick, Wes Anderson. Uh, I, too, very much like Wes Anderson. I used to love him. He was one of my absolute favorite directors. Um, that's kind of worn off a little bit. I think he's very – intro to film schooly director like when you're interested in filmmaking and you start to get into it you really love wes anderson because he it's like uh it's like any hobby or any any course of life that you choose to follow where the the most accessible but distinct version of it is the easiest to accept first because wes anderson has like willie said such an overwhelmingly unique style it kind of begins to train your brain in the idea he's of... He's a good gateway into movie yes, thinking about... Yes, into how movies are made because yeah. he's got a very... Every movie's the same way. <laughs> like, he shoots a lot of the same focal lengths and the same composition. I mean, there's whole articles now about the the symmetry of Wes Anderson and the color palettes of Wes Anderson and the everything he does is very cookie cutter now, um, which I think is really interesting and at the same time bad uh, sure. for his... For my interest in his career. Maybe not even necessarily for him. Like, for him, he's just getting more and more popular, which is good. But um, I I still really like Mount Rushmore a lot. I love the Royal Tenenbaums, and I love Life Aquatic. Those are probably the two that I... Did you tru- call Mount Rushmore? I don't think so. Okay. I, I hope so. <laughs> we'll find out. Paul Bluegrass. Uh, I, Rushmore used to be my absolute favorite. <clears throat> but uh, Tenenbaums and, and Life Aquatic, I think, are more mature, uh, more interesting works. Rushmore is definitely hilarious, but Battle Rocket's yeah. funny. It's different. Uh, the only one I haven't seen is Moonrise. Darjeeling I liked a lot because it felt like mm-hmm. a, a departure. That is the most un-Wes Anderson-y, I think, of all his movies. Besides could, Battle Rocket. But I, I, almost, could, I could agree with that, yeah. It's just, the, it feels like it's the one where he pulled the camera out of his dollhouse that he always makes with every movie <laughs> and then pointed it out at something real. It's like all of his movies are very... Actually, a dollhouse. It's, feel, it's the way it feels. He yeah. arranges all his little characters, and he's like, "Oh, absolutely! Hey, no. mm-hmm. the, this is where cross, you walk in a straight line, and then here the comes the camera." Section of the Belafonte. Yeah, is exactly that's how. That. That's his movies. All yeah. of them. That's just a, a magnified or an unmagnified view of it. So I, I think he's a really interesting director. I love his influences for sure. I love where he comes from. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it's cool that he's still making movies, and I'm glad that this one. Has that the Grand Budapest has a, a more overwhelmingly positive response than Moonrise got, yeah. so it's good. Uh, yeah, good. Um, Wes Anderson is one of the one of the directors that if somebody was like, "Who's your favorite director?" Wes Anderson's probably going to be at the forefront of my mind for that for that conversation for that question. Um, my my first Wes <clears throat> Anderson movie was The Life Aquatic, and it was quite a doozy. I that movie took me for a ride, and <clears throat> I came out of it a changed man. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> I uh, I've seen everything except I haven't watched Bottle Rocket all the way through. Um, and I definitely think The Life Aquatic is my favorite, probably followed by The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, I was never a big fan. I didn't I didn't. There's nothing that's brought me back to revisit Darjeeling yet, and I want to watch it again now. This this really made like seeing this movie made me want to go back and watch Darjeeling just to see how I feel about about it nowadays. Darjeeling oh seven or eight, seven or eight. But um, so you would have been significantly younger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that I think with the subject matter of that movie, I think that's definitely a movie that can mean more to mm-hmm. you later on in mm-hmm. life. But uh, no, I, I like I like Wes Anderson quite a bit. Uh, pretty big fan. Was not a huge fan of Moonrise. Moonrise might be my least favorite of his movies, but it's not because it's a bad movie. Mm. It just wasn't what I wanted out of Wes Anderson. 
I was like, oh, he's, you know, he did Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is great. And then he hopped back into live action with Moonrise. Man Factus Mr. Fox? Yes. The Man Factus Mr. Fox. But no, he jumped back into live action with Moonrise. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see what he does. And then I was just kind of, you know, maybe my expectations were a little too high. But anyway, the Grand Budapest Hotel, seven minutes into our review. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Willie, how'd you feel about it? I really liked the uh, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel. (laughs) <laughs> How'd you feel about this movie, Willie? This movie was also good. Um, there were less old people in this film, but no, were they um, though? <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Um, they were they were more they were spread out further from each other, I That's guess. True. Um, no, I, I enjoyed this movie. I I saw Moonrise not too long ago, and I liked it, but I was kind of on the same page as you were, Alex. Yeah. I kind of I don't know. It just felt kind of I, I didn't with with a with a director like him i feel like i really really have to like the story to yeah. to be able to get through the craziness and zaniness and like all over the place of it and and that one i didn't i don't know it felt so simple for him to me like there wasn't enough weird complexities to it it was yeah. just kind of a very straightforward story that's fine but i like the the zaniness and out there of like life aquatic and how mm-hmm. that god that movie just goes so many different places yeah. um <laughs> and this one this one kind of gets back to that a little bit yeah. Um, I love that he's using different actors mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And I won't say anything about who he's using. Um, but if you've seen the trailers, you probably know Ray Fiennes is in this movie. So I think that's fair to say. And Ray Fiennes fits perfectly into his wheelhouse of quirkiness. Ray Fiennes is this movie. Uh, yeah. He's amazing. Oh he god. really is. And um, he just. I think it's fun to see actors that. And I think Wes Anderson does this a lot, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Take actors that are. Usually more known for dramatic roles, not all of his actors, but uh, certainly Ray Fiennes, I think, is more well-known for his dramatic work. Yeah. And, and just totally make them the most hilarious characters, just the most outlandish people, and, and Ray Fiennes' character is totally that. Yeah. Um, I love his relationship with the... Uh, Zero. With Zero, yep. yeah. It's great. It's, 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 the kid who plays Zero is fantastic. He's great. Yeah, yeah he's kid. awesome. And that, that relationship, I think, totally carries me through the movie. Yeah. Even during periods of time in the movie where I wasn't as into it. Um, admittedly, it had been a while, like I said, since I had seen uh, a Wes Anderson movie. It had been mm-hmm. a little bit. And um, and it did take me a little while to get back into his... It took me a while to get sucked into the movie, I guess, is, yeah. is with this yeah. one. Um, and I'm not sure if that's because I haven't watched a ton of his movies recently or if it's because um, it just... This one didn't capture me right away. Yeah. Um, I feel like there is some like relearning the Wes Anderson language that you need to do as you start watching one. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're not like if you haven't been watching a lot of Wes Anderson, you definitely need that kind of. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of it's it's just so different, and yeah. that's the thing is you have to. Um, you have to be ready for that. And I don't yeah. think I was 100% ready for that because I was like, it was one of those times where I'm like, you know, I have to go see this tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't have time to think about it. And then I <clears> went in there I was like, oh God, oh my goodness, what's happening? Um, but no, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a step up from Moonrise. I think I agree with Nick in some of what he said in regards to like the, the style kind of, it's getting a little bit, I won't want to say boring or old because it's still interesting, but I, I, I would like to see, for a director whose favorite film is Rosemary's Baby, <laughs> I would like to see him do something different. Yeah. Like, that's weird to me that that's his favorite movie. Like, do a horror movie, Wes Anderson, because there are some creepy parts in this movie that I'm totally down for him to do. He'll never do it, but, you know, whatever. All right. Do a slasher movie. <laughs> like, in Wes Anderson, it'd be amazing. Seriously. It'd be interesting. Nick, your thoughts on Grand Budapest Hotel? I, I still want to see the Wes Anderson Spider-Man. Remember when he was rumored to direct yeah. Amazing yeah. Spider-Man? I can't even imagine. My friend and I cast that movie with like 30 people, and it was hilarious. <laughs> the, the, the Wes Anderson regulars we had cast. Jason Schwartzman was Peter Parker. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill Murray was J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, yeah. No. Bill Murray was actually Uncle Ben. Nice. Gene Hackman was J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> uh, ben Stiller was Craven. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Luke Owen and Andrew Wilson were Shocker, Mysterio, and uh, I think Scorpion. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. If oh, I can find um, the whole list, I'll have to. I'll yes. have to bring it and read it. Please, I mean, it was uh, Seymour Cassell was uh, was the oh. Vulture. It was <laughs> it was be- it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. That sounds pretty that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Grand Budapest Hotel. I I have conflicting feelings on it. I did like it. I did mm-hmm. I did like it. And I found myself thinking about it today just while I was making lunch and I just kind of like grinned like that was really funny. 
There are things about it I really loved. I loved Ray Fiennes. Like, he is so natural and so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without even trying. It seems mm-hmm. so effortless. He, he he really, really brought that character to life. Mm-hmm. Um, Zero's good, but I was a little... If if the story weren't so good with the with the multiple time periods it takes place during, yeah, I would I would hate Zero's presence because Wes Anderson has a habit of having children and adults in the same movie together, and the children are frequently the protagonists or at least one of the protagonists, and it, it's usually a big coming of age thing. I mean, like Max Fisher and all the Tenenbaum kids yeah. when they're children and grown ups, and Steve Zissou was a kid, and the movie's about his his growth um it's <laughs> true the three kids in darjeeling and they they always frequently deal with like parental issues and they're very they're coming of age movies mm-hmm. almost always oh moonrise was the biggest i think that one was i still haven't super, seen it super, i probably super, would hate super, it now another thing about it if that's coming of about. age um and I, i'm it's just wearing a little bit thin for me like i feel like his movies are all kind of becoming kind of the same thing that's interesting and they like if you were to just lay them atop one another almost like the nickelback songs they'd all be really similar mm. you're saying ways. that you still felt the coming of age in the in this one oh yeah bit? okay interesting not as much like i said the story's a little bit different he put basically th- this movie was kind of the do or die for me this was the the wolverine of wes anderson <laughs> movies where this was like the the either he makes a movie interestingly interesting enough for me to continue to be really invested in him and his career, or one that turns me off entirely, and I can kind of divorce myself from the idea of expecting anything really amazing from him. And this one did the same thing the Wolverine did, where it just just just, bar- just caught me enough, yeah. Okay. And then, but this is obviously a better movie, but uh, <laughs> but I think that the the analogy stands. Uh, there are things about, like I said, there are things about it I love. I love seeing his regulars get up to their usual antics, like yeah. Goldblum and. Willem Dafoe, you can't not love them. Like yeah. they're they fit Willem in his. Dafoe. Yeah, oh yeah. He just needs to be standing there. Wes Anderson knows how to play Willem Dafoe like the finest instrument in the world. <laughs> he is at his absolute best though in the moments, the moments of the movie where he, that he's in, where he's just in the background, with mouth agape, like Absolutely. looking dead to the world. Like, the worst. I mean, and that's and that's what makes Wes Anderson a brilliant director. Is he he actually can direct actors really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really, really well. I would say almost better than anybody. Like, I'd love to see Wes Anderson and Tom Cruise try to make a movie together. Because I feel like Tom Cruise is an actor who doesn't need a director to be good. Yeah. And might get pissed if someone tries to direct him too much. So I think that it could be a really amazing or explosively bad relationship. <laughs> you hear some yeah. great stories about Wes um, Anderson killed by Scientology. It's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of actual direction, uh, not of actors, but of like of the movie itself, composition-wise, etc., I could not have been more bored. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many just lock-off shots where nothing happens, but the people talk in them, and it's just reverse, 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 establishing shot, bam, 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 bam. It's just very, very, very boring. Uh, I did not like the overabundance of animation in this one either. Mm. Especially... Like, a lot of it felt like a pop-up book, and I was like, mm. Yeah. Mostly for the locations and their... Yeah, and it just kind of didn't thrill me. Yeah. Um, so, overall, I mean, I, I did like it a lot. Uh, like I said, I found myself thinking about it, and I want to go see it again, just because... It's purely because of the story and the characters, though. I loved <laughs> the zany, like, kind of caper. Yeah. Uh, he kind of touched on that with Fantastic Mr. Fox, and like that he went Absolutely. he went with it further with humans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with humans. Uh, Alexander... Uh, Desplat, or however you say his name, yeah. Frenchman, he Score does rating. an amazing Mark Mothersbaugh impression. <laughs> I thought it was Mark Mothersbaugh. I thought he was back. I was like, oh, wow, he's doing his movies again. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's fun. It's fun. But okay. that's, you know, I don't think it's going to be one of his greats, but I think it is. It is fun to see. It's kind of a cool return to form, and that's why I'm so conflicted is because I'm torn by that, yeah. that it is a return to form. So I think for his next movie... I want him. To, I like Willie said. I want him to do something different. different or less less overly cutesy at times because this movie gets dark. Like it has some dark shit that happens. I will yeah. say and this, I was like, this movie's cool. more profane and violent than I think any of his movies. Before. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. bar none. Absolutely. And I would love to see him just go. Just like yeah. Well, that's the 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 he couldn't help but still make it like very overly cutesy at times. And I was kind of like, man, I want I want like kind of an adult Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, and I wanted to see more of the second timeline that happens in it. Like I, 
aesthetically, that was easily my favorite. Mm. And part of it could You're be... speaking more of the Jude Law... Yes. F. Murray Jude, Abraham? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Part of it could be that that was in widescreen, which is what he always shoots in. So yeah. was that, that full frame, I, I get it, but oh god, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. All right. Um, I enjoyed this movie quite a bit, and it's interesting what you touched on, Nick, because I, I felt like this was probably the least... Um, one one of the lesser messagey kind of movies that he has, like there there are parts of the life of Aquatic and the Royal Tenenbaums that will make me start weeping at the towards the end, and um, this movie doesn't have that, and that I, I feel like Wes Anderson is is when when he figures out how to deliver something on those interrelationships with people, I think that's when he's more successful. And I don't think he's been pulling that off as well with things like Fantastic Mr. Fox, because it's not... I mean, it's been a while since I watched it, but I don't feel like he's really aiming to take on like father relationships like he does in his other movies. And same with um, Moonrise Kingdom, I feel like, doesn't really touch on that. And I don't think this movie really touches on that either. I don't feel like Zero... I don't feel like Zero grows up. I feel like Zero's an adult when we meet him as a kid. Which, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I, I don't feel like Zero grew anywhere in this movie. Um, but all that being said, I was I was very happy to be along for the ride on this movie. I was delighted by all of the cutesy stuff that, that Nick somewhat liked but didn't like. Um, I think... Um, There, there are some parts of this movie that are just that made me laugh so hard. Yeah, there were a few. There oh, are yeah. a few. There, there's at least two, two that I can think of right off the top of my head where I'm just like, that's that might be one of the funniest things that I've seen in a Wes Anderson. <laughs> there were some funny moments. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get to that in the spoiler section for those of you that are cu- curious. But no, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I I like I like uh, I like the score and the score was fantastic. I didn't really get the Mother's Bow thing, but it's been a while since I've watched a Mother's Bow. Oh my god. Uh, how can you not? Well, no, I don't know. For some reason, maybe it's because the Life Aquatic is the one that I watch all the time. I, I expect more of the electronic Mother's no, Bow no, no, than yeah. I do the. We're the, talking. We're talking Rushmore. Yeah, moms. yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so that's the thing is that I, I'm I'm less well versed in those two <laughs> than I am gotcha. in the in the Lightning Strike Rescue Op Mother's Bow. <laughs> yeah, that was a departure for him for sure. Yeah, but, this um, one felt very Tenenbaumsy with like very harpsichord. Yeah, classical. That's true. That's true. Um. But no, I like the idea of all the layers in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh god, there was, it was funny. <laughs> there was a guy behind us that was like, "Oh, there's so many layers in this movie. So many layers." But not- his, his female <laughs> companion was like, "I know." <laughs> I was like, "There's three. <laughs> there's barely three. There's like two point seven five. I, I still I like that vehicle for this movie. I think that was very interesting. Oh, it was great to, to take another little like dive into that and how he would kind of pull away from them at some points. So I thought that was very interesting, mm-hmm. but. We're kind of running out of time. Oh, I, I loved that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought that was cool. But all in all, I think all of us liked it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I think Willie and I liked it more than the previous Wes Anderson movie that we've yeah. seen. Nick, yeah, I did. Maybe not. His last you've seen was Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah. I That one, I, I, they're really hard to compare. That's mm-hmm. so different. That's true. <clears throat> okay, Darjeeling. I think I like Darjeeling a little bit more. Okay. I don't know. That's what's so... This one's so similar but so different that they're yeah. they're hard to stack up against each other. Um, but I, I did really like. I mean, highly recommend. I would say we all, we I would say recommend. see it in the theater for sure. Absolutely, it's fun. It's fun to tell in the this theater. Is, this is the biggest opening too. So good. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna go to spoiler Terry, but we are going to take a quick break. So we will be right back. All right, welcome to Spoiler Terry for the Grand Budapest Hotel. So my two things that I really, really loved made me laugh super hard that were funnier than anything that I had ever seen in a Wes Anderson movie. The idea of the Order of the Cross Keys is absolutely amazing. It's super cool. Everything about that is funny. And the fact that, like... There are better, there are more successful, uh, like <laughs> intelligence agency than the CIA. Basically, was amazing because they could track down Matthew Almeric. That was that was awesome. It was super super cool, <laughs> and no. it weirdly makes sense. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> like the concierge knows all. Like yeah. Rafe said, we know all their secrets. Yep, 
It's it's pretty brilliant. Totally. I almost want like a a, a sequel of just that, or like a ten minute spinoff. That'd be the sweet order if they of the cross keys. Yeah. I thought it'd be kind of neat if they would have. Uh, one thing I thought of afterwards is I'm like, would have been neat for one of the concierge to be from uh, Hotel Chevalier. Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't do that. It would have yeah. been kind of cool. Just a neat little way to like tie it up. It, it doesn't matter, but it it, yeah. it would have been cool. Like a little nod, you know, to a previous work, I guess. Um, so good, though. Number two is the gunfight. Oh. The gunfight on the upper oh, floor yeah. of the hotel is just absolutely... That's very, like, 80s comedy. <laughs> it's that's that's very, totally. very For some awesome. reason, it's so much better because I never would have expected that. No, it was hilarious. At all. Well, it's... I, I mean... Adrian Brody brings it in this one. Like he's, oh, yeah. he's just so amazing. Like, he's so dastardly. He's really hilarious. Yeah. And I, yeah. uh, his hair is just so good too. Um, Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, it's so good. The whole family. Kramer hair. The whole family is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the gunfight's hysterical. Absolutely. It's just so stupid, but so funny. Just everybody starts shooting at everybody. Nobody's hitting anybody. It's, yeah. It turns into GI Joe. Yeah. It's really, really good. Very, very funny. Yeah. Those are those are my two. And then. Of course, I, I don't know if it's one of yours, but the cat, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, just tossing just Goldblum's mean cat. spiritedly, just throwing absolutely, him out the just like I hate this guy, and just throwing. Well, him he, up. and the fact that he was even holding it in the first place is funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. did he, he just like walk in and pick too. up his cat? Yeah. yeah, is that what he does? His like, lawyer's cat. Yeah, exactly. I had a feeling that that was going to happen because I like I looked back at him like petting the cat. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> who gave Willem Dafoe a cat? This oh, is not and good. then he cuts to the cat on the pavement. It's splatted. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty it was great. terrible. It's it was pretty so t- a lot of the gags was even the cat in the little <laughs> in the bag. bag. Yeah, it just throws it in the garbage <laughs> bin outside the museum. It's yeah, the most mean spirit of the Wes Anderson films. Somebody uh, on on Rotten Tomatoes just before seeing the movie, I read just a couple snippets because I wanted to know kind of what I like to get my right self in the right mindset. And somebody said it is the most broad comedy of all of Wes Anderson's movies, and I agree a hundred percent. But not in a bad way. They said it's very. It feels like a Three Stooges movie. It feels like almost like a Buster Keaton yeah. style yeah. caper, and I totally agree. Yeah, like it's very lots of very zany sight gags and uh, and and just funny weird physical things. If it had gone further with that, actually, I probably would have enjoyed it. I liked. Uh, I did like all every aspect of that was really good. Yeah, it's um, very strange though because he's such a like we were talking about. He's such like a. I don't want to say niche director, but he kind of is. Like, he's in his yeah. own little world. But, it, like, there's a little bit of, like, there's every type of humor in this movie. Like, anybody, I think, could watch this and find something funny in it. Yeah. You know, even if they didn't like the movie overall, they would chuckle at least at least half a I mean, times. everything Rafe did was, was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, like I, I said earlier, I, I kind of got to go back a tad on my comment about the direction being boring. Because there were some parts that were, I, overall, I do think it was a little bit boring, but I... I, there were little things I liked and some good choices on his part. And the one that I thought was hysterical, and I forgot about it from the trailer, but the part where Rafe goes, you think, he's like, she's been murdered, and you think I did it. And then he just runs away. <laughs> yeah. And the and camera just locked. stays right yeah. there and just watches them go That's all the way beautiful. to the stairwell and then yep. all run up. I, I was I was hoping I he was held great. it just a little bit longer so you could see them, like they would round that corner that you can't see <laughs> and come up that second staircase. But, would have been good. Yeah. No, it was, uh, <laughs> that was a very, that was a great choice. Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> I think uh, there were two things you said earlier, Alex, that I that I want to disagree a tad with. Okay, one only one I really want to disagree with. The other one I just kind of want to spin off of. Um, when you said you don't feel like Zero grew up at all in this movie, I I kind of see what you're saying about him being relatively mature. Mm-hmm. But I think that there was definitely some growth there in a way that he learned the importance of kind of having something you believe in and and maintaining it or or having something to get behind and support it. And I think that part of that was just because he basically came out of a country that was raised to the ground. Yeah. Um but I, he definitely learned the idea that some things are are just I'm having a hard time putting it into words that I can see that where paying, you're going. paying tribute to something and, and maintaining uh, a way of something is more important necessarily because because more important than money or success because even though he was obviously very wealthy like they said even even when Jude Law was there everyone was like the hotel's a dying venture <clears throat> why uh, why keep it and he he obviously learned through and not not to imply that he was too dumb as a kid to get it or wanted him to sell the hotel or anything weird like that because it wouldn't make any sense but I think as an adult he understood the importance of 
of having a way of life that you believe in and maintaining it, which is why he kept a tiny room and kept a hotel at all. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 showed some growth from the and not in not in a character way, I guess necessarily, but the way that a boy grows into a man and begins to understand something that only an adult can understand. I I see what you're saying. There is something that feels really different about it to me than the things that Zuzu uh, learns. And sure, it's not it's not necessarily like Gene like Hacken I said. Learns, the yeah. change isn't really a character change so much as and, and you don't see it happen. You just kind of feel it happen later. Yeah, yeah. That, okay. I but uh, and also the when you talked about the Alex's, there's not a real strong Alex's tears moment in this one. Or, or there are there are points in in his other movies where you can distinctly, you know, there are there are parts at times of uh, Wes Anderson's movies where he does draw back that arrow and aim it right at your heart, and he's like, "Wait for yeah. it." There's the line, or there's the action, yep. and that's the moment where you feel the precise like, "Ooh." There's two lines <clears throat> that I can think of right off the bat from. Yep, and and. That is that is usually a staple of his movies. There's usually that one great line uh, that makes you go, ooh. Yeah. And uh, and this one, I think it and and to an extent with Darjeeling too. There's less of just one line. Or no, not Darjeeling. I'm sorry, Fantastic Mr. Fox in this one. And it's not so much like a, a brief moment of sadness, but kind of like someone runs up behind you with a big net and just throws a net of sad over you and just kind of weighs you down like ah. Because like this one, the whole. By the time Jude Law retires for the night, and so does F. Marie Abraham, that whole lobby suddenly just has this blanket of sadness kind of cast over it. And it's like kind of a, as the lights go down and like the dining hall and the movie ends, there's just kind of an overall feeling of like a whole, the whole era has gone by yeah. and a whole life, a whole way you of feel, life. You feel the hotel dying. Yes. Basically. And it's less of just the, you know, the, the, the line in, in Zisu. And then there's kind of an upswing. Not to say this movie ends on a sad note, but it, it does kind of like like Willie was saying, his his fiance said after the movie was that she was like, that's kind of a sad ending. And I think Fantastic Mr. Fox in a way is kind of the same way. There There is a line. It's, it's more of a monologue at the very end of the movie. But it still leaves you with, even though the movie ends really poppy and like happy and they're like dancing, there's still kind of a weird... Almost the same way, where like a, a way of life is gone, and like mm-hmm. a chapter is closing. That's interesting. It's not. That's interesting because I feel like uh, as you and Rick and I were talking in the car of separating Anderson's career into segments. That if uh, maybe that's true of of Moonrise as well. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe I can see the wheels are turning. I don't want to talk about it though because you haven't seen it, but. Um, <clears throat> It'd be interesting to look at that. Maybe there's kind of a segment of movies that are more about like having that really interpersonal moment of sadness, and then there's more that are like maybe there's it's it's more about the way of life or more about some bigger concept that is fading away from the world with Fantastic Mr. Fox, and I think that's interesting. What um, I get what you're saying. What's the line from Life Aquatic? Do you, do, you, do you think he remembers me? Oh yeah. When he, when oh, he looks yeah. upon the jaguar shark. And the one, the everything one, about that moment, absolute, but it's more that whole scene itself. Yeah, absolutely, that, it's beautiful. That line for me, and just seeing the tears well remembers up in me. his eyes. Yeah, yeah and that, to me, it's more about the shot of everybody's hands reaching. Absolutely, absolutely. and this just this moment of physical the tear, the tear, reassurance. The, tear, the tears are welling up as the scene starts, and then mm-hmm. the, it drops when 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 he says the line, and then they just start continue to fall. When, it's it's been a while since I watched it, but I always remember. Whatever line is played over, it's it's shortly after that. It's as the film is being wrapped up, and there's there's like voiceover or something of uh, the shot of him and uh, and Owen Wilson standing on the bow, both doing the point. Yeah, there's some line there that I always used to be like. Whoosh. But yeah. I think for when, me, when, when Zeus was like summing up the yeah, the, it, it's the end of the documentary. Yeah, the end of the documentary, yeah. That there was always that moment I remember getting me. But yeah, that totally that moment with the the cigarette song and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that one. Did I see that one in the theater? I just remember the first time that I saw that scene. I remember feeling the same way. I was like, Whew. "Yeah." There's something about the way, and too, the way it pulls back. There's just that little sub with just this little, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. No, and I, I, I also that that movie has a special place in my heart because that was also my first date. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Although that was the second time that I saw the movie, but. Um, I think oh I think I've told that story too, mm-hmm. but it's a good one if I haven't, and we'll do it another time. What were you saying? The line, the line for me that always like hit me with that was Z, was Zisu. Not that this is in any way really relevant to Budapest. Uh, it's shortly after that. It's when the documentary ends, and the lights come over, and everybody's applauding, and he's gone, and he's sitting outside, and then little Werner comes out, the little boy, and he sits down next to him, and just goes ho, and he goes ho, 
Yeah. They just kind of exchanged this moment of yeah. like, I was like, whoa. <laughs> to me, that was the whole movie was building towards just that moment. And I don't know why. It just, oh, it's beautiful. It's My, so good. The line from uh, <clears throat> Tenenbaums, and it's more, you know, the that the whole ending situation with like the wedding going to hell and everything going on and mm-hmm. um he buys the dalmatian off the off of the fire the firefighters to give it to Chaz because Owen Wilson just ran over their dog right and there's just there's just that little exchange between between Chaz and uh Royal where Chaz is just like, it's been a rough year, Dad, or something yep. like that. And that's just like, ugh! Like, it, it hits me very hard. He has a way of of combining, you know, the direction and the, and the dialogue and the music and, and just the emotional weight of the movie swings towards, like, one moment where the baseball and the bat connect and you're like, ooh. You defined an Alex's tear. Like, that is, for, <laughs> for some reason, that is what happens to me in... In the movies where I feel like I, I get overwhelmed with emotion, you know, in certain parts of, like, Man of Steel that don't make any sense and some parts that do, it's very much the, the, everything I'm hearing convalesces with everything that I'm seeing and everything that is, like, being performed on screen. Oh, yeah. For me, the, the OG Alex is here for me is Batman Begins, the, uh... In the final scene of Batman Begins, when he's in, sifting through the rubble and he finds his dad's stethoscope, yeah, totally. That is a sniper shot right to my heart. It reminds <laughs> me exactly of being a kid and my dad doing the same damn thing. Yep. And then the Nolan cutaway to the to the scene of it happening without mm-hmm. the audio and just the music, I'm like, oh! <laughs> I remember my jaw dropping in the theater at that moment, just yeah. being like, wow. You can do a whole segment on on these kind of moments where <laughs> everything just everything just yep. shapes to give you a moment that only only film can deliver. Yeah. Willie, what else? I like the part. <laughs> um, no, um, <clears throat> everything Jeff Goldblum did. Yeah, he's great. His great yeah. beard. His awesome uh, chase scene with Willem Dafoe is just, <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> so stupid, but it's so good. Um, no, I just want to hit a few highlights, I guess, that I enjoyed. I I really like um, I like mm. the subtle parts more so for for the most part. The one part that's just totally wacky and zany that I loved was. Um, was the skiing? Uh, well, the skiing was the skiing, skiing was, was okay, but the the, the <laughs> ending of that with with Defoe getting tackled off <laughs> yeah. and, he, and just it's 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 <laughs> Ray Fine's accent and the way he says "fuck," <laughs> he's like "fuck," you you hit him, you know, like it's so good. Uh, he just his reaction to he like he, he couldn't believe he's like, "Oh my god, wow, we got rid of this guy." Um, and then I really like Ray Fine's and his PJs, like with his little legs dangling off the the top bunk of the bed. It was really adorable mm-hmm. to me for some reason. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, I, I just looked little kid it was great and then um my favorite was um was absolutely uh when they get through the kind of the manhole and they're being extracted further from their prison breakout and um Rafe introduces um zero to all of the all of his cohorts and he <laughs> at first I'm like oh he forgot to mention Gunther and then he he, he adds Gunther was slain in the catacombs <laughs> just it was so funny. The line yeah. itself is hilarious enough, but then you add Rafe. Like, so much of his dialogue was... You, you add his delivery of the line. to like It's just a, such a throwaway, like, just so you know, Gunther yeah. was, you know, in case you were worried about him. Um, it was just so funny. And then Gunther, Gunther's final showdown was incredible, too. They're just repeatedly stabbing each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was... Uh, weirdly enough, I enjoyed all the parts that involved violence in this movie. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, they were so over the top. They yeah. were very... Yeah. They were very... And unexpected. Yeah. And it, it was kind of a, like I, I don't know. I'm not one to say that uh, violence for the sake of violence or profanity for the sake of profanity makes a movie better because it usually doesn't. Um, it's where you're supposed to cough, Nick, and say super bad. Um, makes a movie better? No, no, no. I was. I, I, never mind. Don't worry about it. It was a joke. I hate super bad. Usually you cough and say super bad when we talk about profanity for the sake of profanity. Oh, yeah. like, oh, super bad. Super bad. Good. Um, <laughs> But uh, right on cue, <laughs> nailed it. it. But um, ten out of ten. This movie definitely is more of both of those things. But I, I actually kind of appreciate it for that. Had yeah. A bit of a like a weirdly harder edge than <clears throat> some of the other, especially since Moonrise was kind of more of like a. I don't want to. I want to say more mainstream. Really, it kind of felt more mainstream than the rest of his movies to me. Yeah. Um, certainly the storyline, but I, I like this one's just I don't know totally th- wacky and out there. I really loved the profanity and violence of this one because the. <laughs> The context is so ludicrous. Like, yeah. 
and the the profanity whenever Rafe utters it is hilarious because his character is so so proper mm-hmm. and so composed and so cultured. Like the moment like you described when when Zero <gasps> tackles him off, yeah. Like moments like that are so funny. When he loses it, it's, yeah, it's hilarious. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, because he's so. I, he's oh, just per, so, he's a perfect man, perfect gentleman in every oh yeah, in every way. And then like he just loses. I mean, but his character is is so fantastic. Of him being serviced by the the woman <laughs> in front yeah. of the mirror, yeah. Yeah. looking in the mirror. Yeah. It's so good. Um, I also want to mention Defoe again because Defoe is just a walking murder machine, and oh. like it's hilarious to me. Like he's the Terminator in this movie. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Like there's and, and his it's just stupid underbite and his weird teeth. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And his and brass just, knuckles. Yeah, yeah, he's always, always got the brass knuckles. Yeah, I don't know. I just I like his character because he's just he's like, he's like the Joker in the Dark Knight. Like he shows up and he he literally like there's not a really a ton of character there like background or anything, but he shows up and he's literally a force of nature. Like when somebody needs to die, here's you know Willem Dafoe's character to cut oh, off. Oh, he's a like James Bond henchman. He's amazing. Yeah. He has a ski ski getaway. Yeah, totally. And you almost wonder why he's working a... for why he would like take orders from Adrian Brody. You're like, he's why just murder him? So yeah, it's. I don't know. I, no, love I, I that Klaus in the Life Aquatic. He's the best. Is designed to surgically attack my funny bone every yes. single time. <laughs> He's just so amazing. Every line that he delivers, every little the the one of the funniest things to me in Life Aquatic is the. You know, I think you really misjudged the guy. And then he walks out of the mutiny meeting, and then you see his head pop back into the little hole <laughs> on the door. It's just amazing. Everything about Klaus is just perfect. Yeah. And that's why, that's my comment earlier of uh, Anderson playing him like a fine instrument. It's, oh. Well, even his character in Fantastic Mr. Fox is hysterical. Yeah, yeah. And so. he does, uh, the way he affects that southern drawl is so mm-hmm. awesome. Willem Dafoe is just, uh, he needs to not be doing things like nymph- Nymphomaniac and keep doing things like this. <laughs> yeah, him and Lars von Trier are buddies, though, I guess, so. I, the, I was going to say one other thing about the chase scene between mm. Jeff Goldblum and, and Willem Dafoe. <laughs> one of the really funny, subtle things in that was the, the sign when Jeff Goldblum walks in and says, museum about to close in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then when Willem Dafoe walks in, it says 14, 14 minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a dude that's getting, like, the dude at the desk is coming there and changing that sign, but there's no sign of that happening. That's, and it's those little, te- like, those, what's funny is when I was in the theater, it was a decent crowd, um, as far as, like, numbers, and, like, Nikki and I were chuckling at things like nobody else was chuckling yeah, at, but that's yeah. the stuff I find funny about this movie, totally. is, like, the little, little tiny things that are not laugh out loud. I mean, I yeah. like those things, too, but... But I don't know. I, I enjoyed a lot of like the little, like the moments during the chase scenes. They're just like the way they run. Even it's so goofy. Yeah. You know, it's like a Dr. Seuss book. But I really know. loved, and it's sad, but I I loved the meaninglessness of Ray Fine's death. Mm. Yeah. I like how random and sad and pointless it all was. Like it just felt very true to life. Mm. And him. Uh, recapitulating the line of there's still some mark of civilization left in this in this whatever world. I forgot the exact line, but using it in reference to Rafe himself yeah. <clears throat> was uh really beautiful. Yeah. And I liked that it wasn't a an excessively violent or you know, it didn't even show it, his Mm-mm. death. They just seen and they shot him. And like yeah. it's just very part of that's where the net that's where the guy comes up behind you with the net of sad yeah. and just goes, <laughs> Gotcha and then runs away. Because it just it really puts a damper on the whole adventure and the yeah. whole happiness of the ending. And, and you're sad when when you find out that uh, Sayors Ronan's character mm-hmm. dies, like Agatha. Yeah, yeah, Agatha dies, and you know you're sad. But clearly, it seems like he's more impacted by the death of Gustav in a way. He's obviously very sad about Agatha because he's moved to tears. He's like, I can't get to this point in the story without getting. And yeah. that, that's very sad too. That was a very sad moment. That's mm-hmm. true. And I liked the way that the uh, the lighting was actually motivated and would like dim yep. along with the story. It was very cool. Um, but something about that that type of death of death of a character, I think, is so impactful. And it was very it was very beautiful in a it's way very that real life. Yeah, in a way that you you'd be listening to a story that. You know, secondhand that like your your grandpa or an aunt and uncle is telling you a really great story, and you're having so much fun listening to it, and you're so into it. And then if it ends with the death of someone they know, you're sad, but it, you're more sad watching them be sad, mm-hmm. and knowing, yeah. knowing, putting yourself in their shoes and thinking that this can't ever possibly mean as much to me as it does to them. Yeah, and I think that that was a really finely crafted moment. Mm-hmm. 
God, this movie. I just keep thinking about how much I like it, and then I think about something I don't like about it. But overall, it'll be interesting to see how you feel about it in a cut, like after you, like when you rewatch it on Blu-ray or something. Oh, absolutely. I almost want to see it again. Yeah, uh, in the theater because I, I think it would benefit from a from a second viewing, the almighty second viewing. But yeah, uh, Rafe. Oh man, yeah. did he ever Bring kill it? it? Bring it. Final final note is the the order of the cross keys at the wedding ceremony it was amazing. <laughs> all the grooms in different colored <laughs> yeah suits and all in all their their concierge. Suits. How did I not notice that? I didn't oh, notice that. It was beautiful. You got Bob Balaban and, and Bill funny. Murray and uh, I didn't even see that. I don't know why. Fisher Stevens. <laughs> yeah, Fisher Stevens. I, I don't even. Oh yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, yeah. yeah yeah. He was really good though. Oh absolutely. Like He's one of those guys that just. What what was the thing we saw him in where I was like, it's that guy? <laughs> I don't know. He's in a lot of stuff, though. Yeah. He was in Lost, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, as soon as I saw him, I was like, man, who else is going to be in? Oh, <laughs> Bob Balaban. Bob goddamn Balaban. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can wrap it up. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think about what we talked about, what you think about the show, what you think about things that we talk about, all that good stuff. Uh, at MFN Podcast, tweet at us. We will talk back to you. Um, and Mr. John, my brother, thank you for our artwork and music. Um, next week we will be reviewing Darren Aronofsky's Noah. Week after that, it's going to be Cap, Cap 2. Week after that, it's going to be The Raid 2. So we're starting to get into some... Yeah, yeah. Some three, biggins. Three you can see weeks. the smile, it just got huger as he said cap two in the raid two. <laughs> yeah. oh my god yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be good yeah. it's gonna be a good april but uh yeah anyway uh calyx why go watch a movie By the way, uh, you should look up. This will be the epilogue to our just randomness. Look up the movie Medicine Man. Medicine Man? <laughs> yes. What's happening? No, on now? IMDb. IMDb. Oh. <laughs> what well, is happening? You should just tag this on. No, you have to look it up on IMDb. You should just tag this on. Read the synopsis for this. All right, Medicine Man. The movie speaks to the value of preserving the rainforest for the preservation of our diversity of life. Gorgeous scenery. It was worth watching just for its pure beauty. Oh man, that one's a. It's just a review. It's <laughs> also Beth. You should just cut this chunk out of the show. But I meant to text you guys that earlier because I thought it was so. Horrible. That's really good. Why did you stumble across that? I don't remember. It just did happen. <laughs> Reddit. All right. No, anyway, it wasn't no. actually. Back to the Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, <laughs> first, uh, I don't know. No, Wes Anderson movie. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> Nick did what I could not. Gotta get this Darjeeling Limited back on track. Oh boy. Mm. <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna Thought, cut all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre, pre-established <laughs> thoughts and feelings on Wes Anderson. <laughs>